we'll start here in Mark chapter 4 again. We started, this is where we dropped off last week in Mark 4. Uh, the parable of the sower and the seed. The, uh, the soil, what's the soil condition like? And uh, we looked at this last week, talked about what's below the surface. And I gave the kids an illustration, an object lesson. Do you, how many kids remember what the object lesson was last week? Do you remember what it was? Some of you do? All right. I have it right here. We had some work gloves. I said, if we're going to grow spiritually, we got to get into the garden and get busy and get uh, working for the Lord and get doing some things. And we talked about getting things out of our life below the surface. We asked you to ask the question, what's below the surface of your life that would keep you from growing? We define spiritual growth as deep roots and fresh fruits. All right. So deep roots, getting deeper relationship with the Lord, which brings in our life more of Jesus Christ on the outside. All right, so deep roots and fresh fruits. Here we're going to be back in Matthew, Mark chapter 4 again. And if I could sum up this whole parable, the parable of the sower and seed, it would be in this phrase, the whole parable would uh, sum up this way. Good seed mixed with good soil produces good fruit. Good seed, good soil, good fruit. Growth is natural when there's good seed in good soil. And so if growth is not happening in your life, we need to figure out why not? Why aren't we growing? Why, why aren't we seeing more and more of Jesus Christ in our life? Why aren't we having gospel conversations more and more in our life? Is it the good soil that is a problem? The good seed? Why aren't we seeing good fruit? So it should happen naturally as we work. And we're working again in the soil of our heart. Jesus made it very clear in this parable that the soil is a representation of the heart, the condition of your heart. And we have all kinds of individuals here, and the soil is different in everyone's heart. I see the surface, and you all look real good, very kind, very nice, very compassionate. You stayed after, and you came for the second service. And so good things on the surface, but I can't judge the heart. But the Word of God does judge the heart, and the Holy Spirit of God judges the heart. We're looking again at the condition of the heart today. So look at Matthew chapter, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 4. We'll look at verse number 18. Just key in a couple of verses here. Mark chapter 4, verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the Word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. So Jesus makes it pretty clear here in this passage, in these verses, that there are some things that will hinder growth. What keeps us from growing? If it just takes good soil and good seed to produce good fruit, why aren't we growing? Well, here are some uh, growth chokers that Jesus Christ lists out here. He makes it really clear what these things are. Some things in your life right now that you need to pull out, get rid of, because if you don't, if these occupy the focus of your mind, there's no room for growth. This is not me. Making, I didn't sit in my office thinking, why aren't we growing? Let me give you three reasons why we're, this isn't me. Jesus Christ told the story. He made it very clear Three things that will help, that will choke out growth in our life. So let's examine those today. Three things. And so for the kids today and for the adults, I have a little illustration here. Another object. It's a little bigger this time. I have one of these babies right here. 
something every child should get for Christmas this year. Hours of entertainment pleasure right here. Pulling weeds. This is a weed pull. This is the, the deluxe model, all right? Never been used. <laughs> I had a weed puller at home. I couldn't find mine. So uh, this is the deluxe model. Uh, you stick it in the ground, you pop those dandelions out. So every child, this is what you get for Christmas this year. Yeah, that sounds like fun. That'd be great. Come over to my house. I have lots to practice on at my house. So that's your object, a weed puller. So we're going to get out the thorns and the weeds of our life so that we can see growth in our life. Number one, what is, per, what is per, choking out growth? Number one, the distractions of the present. The Bible here says it this way. Jesus said in verse 19, and the cares of this world choke the word. If we skip down. The cares of this world choke the word. The word care here has the idea of being distracted. Uh, it's the same idea where it says uh, casting all your care upon him because he careth for you. It has, it's the same words. It talks about uh, be careful for nothing but by prayer and supplication. What, uh, it talks about anxiety. It talks about what you're uh, focused on, being overly anxious or overly focused on something so the point that it distracts you from what you should be doing. Have you ever been distracted? You talk about distracted driving. Don't try to use your cell phone while you're driving. Don't try to do anything else while you're driving. Have you ever been so distracted by something unimportant that you miss something very important? This is what Christ is saying. We're distracted. We can be distracted by the present uh, world around us. And the idea of world, the, the word world in the Bible has several different words and different meanings. He talk about the, the earth that we live on, the people of the world. For God so loved the world. He didn't love planet earth. He loved the people of the world. This word in the Greek has the idea of the present time that we live in. We're distracted by what's going on right now. We're so focused on what is here and now that we're not thinking about growth and what should be happening for eternity. And this is what Christ is saying. This is what Christ is getting across to his disciples. It's the point that we get distracted by what's going on now that we don't focus on eternity. Often, it's not open sin. We're not talking about open sin here now. We're talking about the everyday, run of the, run of the, the schedule you have to keep, everything that goes on, that can become a distraction. You're so worked up and so focused on what needs to be done right now that we lose our focus on spiritual things. We're so looking at the temporal, physical things that we're not focusing on spiritual things. This is what Christ said. Why aren't you growing? What's choking out growth? He makes it very clear. You're too focused on the present. I have a quote here for you in your outline from uh, Dr. Bob Jones Sr., don't sacrifice the permanent on the altar of the immediate. Some, how often do we sacrifice the eternal for the temporal? The permanent for the immediate. We're so wrapped up. I, I found myself, so again, I'm a few weeks ahead of you in the study. So I prepared this message several weeks ago. I've been trying to work in my own heart and life and thinking of myself in my Day to day, how often this week was I so wrapped up in what had to be done right then and there, the anxiety, the uh, pressure of the very, the, that moment, it occupied my thoughts too much and it overwhelmed me. That's what the Bible is saying. Be careful, don't be distracted by the present. 
Number two, he says very clearly in, the, in our passage, verse 19, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Choke the word. Again, not my idea. Christ said the thing that's keeping you from growing is the deceitfulness of possessions, I say. The deceitfulness of riches or the deceitfulness of possessions. How are riches deceitful? How do they deceive us? How do they trick us? Well, here's what they do. They, riches and possessions don't last. We think that is like when we can touch something, when we can see something, when we can handle something, that's reality. The Bible's clear. That's not reality. If you can touch it, if you can see it, if you can feel it, it's not going to last for eternity. The things that you can't see and you can't, like the soul of a human being, like uh, rewards in heaven, those are eternal. And so the riches get our attention and we're so worried about getting that or having that or you know, setting aside money for retirement, which is all good, but we're so focused on these things that the Bible says, be careful, riches will pull you in and trick you and deceive you. They lie to us. They don't last. The Bible says moth and rust corrupt. Thieves break through and steal. We had somebody steal the catalytic converter off our bus a few weeks ago. <laughs> now we got to park it inside all the time. Thieves break through and steal. The bus that we had, we just had lots of body work done out of it because moth and rust doth corrupt. You ever get a new car and, it's, and it smells like a new car and it feels like a new car until it doesn't anymore? <laughs> And they make air fresheners that have that new car smell so you can kind of trick yourself into thinking you have a new car and you don't, right? See, de riches deceive us because we think they last and they don't. We think they satisfy and they don't. If I just had that, I'd be sad. It, it would satisfy that whole. We think that they determine success and they don't. That's how the world measures success. Possessions, money being able to do those things they want. And so we jump on that bandwagon and say, if I only had, if I only had, if I only had, and so deceitfulness of riches, the possessions deceive us. And there's nothing wrong with wanting more or better. Just don't let that become your ultimate focus. Just don't be distracted by the possessions. Don't buy the lie that riches can satisfy. That, that rhymes, in case you didn't know it. I didn't mean to, but it just happened. Don't buy that lie. Riches don't satisfy. But that's what they want you to, the riches, Christ said, hello, followers, disciples, riches are deceitful. You live your life for possessions and the next best thing and the bigger thing, at the end of your life, you'll be empty. And on top of that, he's saying here, if that's how you live your life, it will choke out the growth that should happen naturally in your life as you follow me. So rip it out. Think about how much riches and the idea of money and possessions and trying to figure things out. How much of, uh, of your thoughts does that occupy? I read a statistic one time that almost like 60 to 70% of our thoughts have to do with money. If you think about, and we, I mean, again, we're going to talk about this. You have to think about money. I'm not saying stop thinking about money. I'm saying let's be careful. Christ is saying this is what will choke out growth, the deceitfulness of riches. Here's a great quote I found this week on possessions. Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. That's Jesus Christ. I mean, that's a great quote. <laughs> that's in the Bible. Your life's not all about what you have. 
That's not who you are. That's not your identity. It's not about your identity. We think, I'm a homeowner. I'm a car owner. I, I'm a, you know, I have a retirement fund. I, I have a, a sea-do. I have these toys. I have these things. And all these things become part of our identity. And Christ said, no, your life is not wrapped up in what you have. That's not who you are. Think about this. In your identity and your life, it's not about what you own. It's about who owns you. Right? You're not a homeowner. You're a child of God. <laughs> you're not a car owner. You're not a cottage owner. You're a servant of the King of Kings. This is who we are. And Christ said, we're, you're so wrapped up. And I know my people and I know my disciples that want to grow. They're going to be so wrapped up in the distractions of the present world, try, running around, trying to make things work out and trying to figure everything out, that they get anxious and distracted and overwhelmed. No growth. It will choke out growth. And then they'll get so worried about money and possessions and riches because that's what makes the world go round. And my disciples will buy into the lie and follow the riches and possessions. And because of that, there'll be less of me in their life and more of riches and possessions. Christ is warning us, don't let that distract. Don't let that rob us of growth. It will choke out growth. So number one, distraction of the present. Number two, deceitfulness of possessions. Number three, he says here in verse 19, and the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. The desire for pleasure. The desire for pleasure. I'll show you this in just a minute. The desire for pleasure. Lust, the word lust means a strong desire for something. Usually bad, but not always. All right? The same word that's used here about this strong desire. Jesus said of this, that he desired to eat the Passover with the disciples. It's a strong desire. It's a strong urge. Not necessarily bad or good, depending on what you focus on. Jesus' desire was to be with his people. That's a good desire. If our desire is only toward pleasure, that's a bad desire. Paul said this same word, I desire to be with Christ. Is that a good desire or a bad desire? That's a great desire. It's a great desire. And so this word doesn't mean it's bad always, but here it talks about the lust, the desire for other things. And uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 14, I think I have it here for you. Uh, maybe on your outline, should be up on the board. Verse 14 says this. Same parable, different, uh, different passage. And that which fell among thorns are they which, which uh, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so you take those two verses together, the lust for other things. What are the other things? Well, here he defines it as pleasure. It's the desire for pleasure. If your life is wrapped up on just doing everything that pleases you, nothing wrong with enjoying life, nothing wrong with having a good time. But if that's what controls you, then there'll be no growth. This is what the Bible, this is what Christ is saying. This is the clear teaching of Jesus Christ here. Three things that will choke out growth in our life. The desire for pleasure. Titus chapter 3 says it this way. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures. Lust is not wrong in and of itself. Pleasure is not wrong in and of itself. 
If you serve your lusts and your pleasures, and it controls your life, and there's no growth, that's when it becomes wrong. Nothing wrong with it in of itself. We are not growing because we are serving our lusts and our pleasure. And Titus 3 is saying, that's what you used to be. That's how you used to be before you trusted Christ as your Savior. And things should be different now. Christ is clear. Three things that would choke out growth. Three things that would keep us from seeing the fruit that we want to see in our life. And he's encouraging us and challenging us by this teaching to remove those things from our life. What makes it real difficult is that all three of these are a necessary part of life. You can't just forget about the present. You still got to pay your bills. You still got to go to work tomorrow. You still got to live in this world. There's doctor's appointments and dentist appointments and stuff that's going on. Life happens. You can't just check out on life and say, I'm going to check out on life and just give my life to God and not think anything of what's going on today. I'll just do nothing. That no, you can't do that. Riches and money. You have to manage your money. You have to do that. Pleasure is a good part of life. Nothing wrong with that. The warning is don't let those things control you. If we can successfully keep cares and riches and pleasures from our life and overcoming our life, it brings us to Luke chapter 8, verse 15. I like how this is worded. Again, but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, Keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. The key there is you keep your life free of these things, and if you have an honest and good heart, the seed takes deep root, and then you bring forth fruit with patience. That word patience means with endurance, continue. It's not just a little bit and then it stops. It's like a lifelong process as you weed out these things consistently in life. Ask yourself this week, Think about, let me challenge you with this. Are you willing to think about what you're thinking about? Are you willing to analyze what's controlling your thoughts? Are you willing to look at the same, man, maybe riches has controlled more of my thoughts than it should. Maybe pleasure has controlled more of my life than it should. Maybe just the present anxiety of this world and the stress of this world has gotten me so distracted I'm not growing. Think about what you're thinking about and analyze that this week. And ask the Lord to start removing those things from your heart, from the good ground. And have an honest and good heart. Are you willing to be honest today? I guess is what we're asking. Are you willing to let God examine your heart today? And have an honest and good heart. Do you desire to grow? If you do, here's a formula given to you by Jesus Christ himself. Don't get distracted by the present. Don't, don't be deceived by riches and possessions. And don't get pulled away from the desires of pleasure. Weed those out of your life. And then next week we're going to talk about just putting the word to it then. Once your heart is good and you have a good and honest heart, all you need now is a seed. And the seed will do its work. But we've got to keep the heart clean. And that's our job. To work through this passage in our own mind and ask the Lord to clear our garden so that we can be growth, deep roots, and fresh fruits. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? With our heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to ask you a few questions. I want you to analyze yourself in light of the Word of God. That's what we're supposed to do. 
with the Holy Spirit as our guide. Will you be honest with yourself today? Last week I asked the question, do you want to grow? Do you want to grow? Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you want to grow? Do you want to see spiritual, do you want to see new expressions of obedience in your life as you follow Jesus Christ? Is that your true heart's desire? Can I ask you that openly and honestly with your heads bowed and eyes closed? How many say, Pastor, I'll be honest with you. That is my heart's desire. I want to grow. Would you raise your hand? We used to do this quite a bit in church. We haven't done it so much lately. Yeah, amen. I think that's a good number of people. Put your hands down. That's great. That's between you and the Lord, and I appreciate you sharing with me so I know that where we're at. I think you want to grow. I want to grow. Are you willing this week to think about what you're thinking about? Are you willing to ask yourself about these areas of your life? Keep your hand out. Keep your Bible. Uh, write this verse on a card. It's pretty self-explanatory. Christ made it very clear. Here's what's choking growth. Will you ask yourself those questions? Maybe right now God's already told you something. You know what it is. You know what's hindering your growth right now. I'm going to say, Pastor, right now, God has already spoken to my heart about something either last week with the stuff below my surface or this week with the, the weeds and the thorns in my life. There's already something in my heart right now I need to ask the Lord to help me with, to get out of my life. God's spoken to my heart already. Would you raise your hand and say, that's me. There's already something God's working in my life. Amen. That's great. Let God do that work in your, in your heart. Put your work gloves on. Get that weed puller out. Pull those things out of your life. Are you distracted by the present? Are you deceived by possessions? Or are you driven by your desire for pleasure? Will you spend time this week digging around the garden of your heart, preparing the soil so that growth can happen the way God intended it to happen out of an honest and good heart? Heavenly Father, I pray in this time that you do a work in our hearts, that you would challenge us, that you would um, help us to see what is keeping us from the growth that we desire. And Lord, uh, may the word of God be very real to us and change our life. Thank you for the parable of the sower and the seed that you gave us to learn this by. In your precious name we pray.